Welcome to Main Menu for Friday, December 10th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week, we visit with Pratik Patel about the Center for Access and Innovation and Technology, CATE, a new nonprofit organization that will, among other things, develop technology products and services that are affordable. Next, Matt Valbrecht demonstrates the newest generation of the Apple TV with voiceover support. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. This week on Main Menu, we are visiting with someone who hasn't been on the show for a long time, Pratik Patel. And Pratik, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jamie. It's a wonderful thing to be on uh, Main Menu again. The last time you were on, I believe, was probably with De- Jeff and, and Daryl. So yeah, I think so, yeah. It has been a while. Well, this week we are talking about something that uh, sounds really fascinating to me. It's a nonprofit organization with the title of Center for Access and Innovation and Technology. Did I, did I get that right? That's right. Uh, or short name, Kate. I like that, actually. Yes. And Kate is what? Tell us about that. Well, it's a new nonprofit that I've just started. Um, and the idea behind Kate is that those of us who are blind or visually impaired or just people with disabilities in general can really benefit from a lot of technology, um, be it assistive technology or general technology that is designed with universal access in mind. But what we often find is that this technology is very expensive for us. So the idea behind Kate is that as a nonprofit, we can do a lot of things with assistive technology and technology, develop products, software, whether it's hardware uh, or services that we can benefit from, but not have the profit motive in mind. So we'll be you know, doing all sorts of different things. So there was a you know, couple of years ago I started think- thinking about what would be the best model that can help us um, move forward um, because I find that a lot of times the current model of companies who charge a lot of money for products, um, you know, things like note takers, things like um, GPS software and hardware. Um, so how to reduce that cost? And if you take the profit motive out of the question, you start thinking about how to deliver how to deliver those services in the best way you can. And I think the nonprofit world working together with companies, uh, you know, and, and for profit organizations can serve that need in a much better way than we have in the past. That sounds very fascinating. Um, so who is actually working with you on this on this project right now? Well, right now we have an advisory board, um, and a few of the members don't really want to be known at this point. Um, so, right now I'm 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 the sort of the public face for the organization, and calling myself the benevolent dictator uh, <laughs> of everything we do. Uh, but you know, as the time goes by, I'm sure our advisors will know um, will will certainly reveal themselves. Absolutely. Okay. When can we begin to see what this looks like? When's it going to launch? Um, the nonprofit itself is launching the week of uh, December 6th. Um, and we're going to start seeing a couple of things coming out of the nonprofit. Uh, and one of the first activities we're going to do is really uh, to get a sense of what is needed in the field. We're actually going to be asking the users to users, uh, whether it's people who are blind or, dis- or visually impaired or deafblind or dis- people with disabilities in general, to tell us what they think they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something that we haven't really done. I mean, you know, we've been told 
what we need by having these bulky products many times or just products in general. But I want to know from users what kind of needs they have. So we're actually going to be launching a contest um, as a first step to get ideas from people. And the main thrust behind this contest is that we're going to generate all these wonderful ideas. And when we, when we do, we're going to ask the community to vote on them. Wow. Uh, so you know, based on the votes, what gets the highest vote uh, gets our priority. I mean, you know, as the advisory board, and I certainly have ideas on what needs to be developed, but I really don't want to be in the position to say that this is what we need. Right. And again, you know, as a nonprofit, we have the leverage to do that. Um, we'll certainly do some market analysis and see what the costs are. Um, and we'll make, you know, we'll have to make some hard decisions. But at the same time, I think we have a lot more freedom in developing what is needed by the community. That sounds very interesting. So I assume there will be like a website, uh, probably a survey of some sort, that, or a, you know, an online form? Sure, absolutely. Um, the website for the organization is www.kait.co. Um, and on the website, we're going to be putting up a, a request for entries. Um, and you know we're going to have all the contest rules, and we're going to have multiple rounds. So the first round will be open for a few months, at least until the March, um, you know, middle of March. And once all the entries are in, um, we'll start ranking them. Uh, we'll ask our community to rank them in different ways. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, we'll end up dividing them into categories and 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 organize it in in the best way we can. Very good. Okay. So I assume that there's going to be uh, ways of just ongoing communication with the, the public. Uh, is that going to look like Twitter, mailing lists? How, how are you going to do that? We're going to be doing it very different, uh, different ways. We're going to have a Facebook page. We'll have a Twitter presence. Uh, we'll certainly have email presence um, as well as information on our website, regular updates through blogs. Um, we're going to try and hit as many social media um, and as many ways that our community participates uh, to make sure that we expose um, ourselves and, and the projects to as many people as we can. Very good. Now, our, I know that the members of the advisory board don't want to be all known right now, but I assume some of them or many of them uh, work in the AT industry? Um, a few of them actually, what I've tried to do is to um, really try and get a broad sense of who, uh, you know, who can represent us. Um, so actually, you know, we have a couple of people on the advisory board right now and we'll, as, as the time goes by, we'll actually be adding to the, to the advisory board. And the plan is to have about 12 members um, to serve on our advisory board who help us uh, and who can guide us through the various uh, policies and procedures we develop. Okay. So are we talking about products for the desktop or for mobile applications or what kind of things are we looking at? You know, that's an interesting question. So I really thought about what the best, uh, best way to do this is. Uh, and first I thought, you know, let's do mobile because mobile is the, it's a growing environment. Right. Um, but then I thought that, you know, even though mobile is a growing environment, uh, many people with disabilities don't really have access to mobile technologies. Um, or even if they do, it's not the world that they live in. Mm -hmm. um, so we're actually not going to limit the areas that we explore. Um, we'll keep it open to all different environments, whether it's desktop or mobile or different areas like tablet. Um, so long as it's a great idea, so long as our constituents think that it's a idea that's worthwhile, we will explore the feasibility of developing it. Okay. Now, I'm interested in the idea of the nonprofit partnering with the for-profit organizations. How, how does that work? 
Well, there are a couple of different ways we can we can do a partnership. First of all, you know, we can try and get um, developers from companies that that do application development as volunteers. Um, the second way we can explore partnerships is try and see if the um, you know the business techniques that a lot of for-profit companies use can be used in a nonprofit world to make sure that our processes and our practices are as efficient as we can make them. So even though it's a nonprofit, I want to make sure that we run it like a for-profit company. Excellent. One of the things I think that there's always a need for is is um, training, and uh, I'm sure that you guys are, are looking at that as well. What are some things that you're considering in the area of training people how to use this stuff? Well, training is a, is an absolutely essential part. I mean, you know, we, we have a lot of these products, and we often don't have adequate training, or when training does exist, uh, it doesn't do what it's supposed to. So one of the first areas that I would like to explore, uh, and this is my idea and people can tell us whether it's the right way to go, is to develop training standards for our assistive technology trainers. Um, I'd like to see us develop a nationwide standard, and or it could, it could even be a worldwide standard for assistive technology. Um, a standard that we can take um, you know, sort of a certification uh, or set of curricula that we can ask all of our assistive technology trainers to go through. And yes, it can be an extensive process, um, but when somebody um, who has a disability says that they have a need for a trainer and if you know, there is a recognized standard that can fill that need, um, a recognized standard uh, that can assure people that somebody who's trained in that standard or trained with the, the, the skills that are needed, that they'll actually meet their needs. So the standard, I think, can uh, include not only technical um, assurances, but it can also include things like how to deal with people. You know, a lot of, um, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of trainers, uh, even though they have the technical knowledge, don't exactly have the people skills. Exactly. So it's a, it's a matter of dealing with a lot of different issues related to training. That sounds really helpful. I think that's, that's very important, um, both for the person with a disability and for other people you know, other professionals who are trying to help those people get set up with good training, a adequate training. Yep. Well, uh, one of the things that always has to come up when you talk about any business, and certainly in this situation, is funding. How are you guys going to go about uh, raising money? You know, that's really, really important. Um, and funding is an essential part of running any nonprofit. You know, for profit companies, you can you can say they'll be developing a product, they'll be selling it at a profit, so that they can continue to do more. Uh, but for nonprofit, it's really important that we find the best source uh, and 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 we invest it in, in the way that we we need to. But to start this off, we're going to have a really interesting contest or, or raffle actually, um, and this is a really unique idea and not too often used and we're going to be launching this at the end you know at the end of the week um, what it really consists of is a top prize of 1.5 million dollars to go towards the purchase of a house hmm. um, that a $50 ticket in that in this raffle would give them one chance to get that $1.5 million prize, or they can even get it as a cash prize. Right. Um, and all the rules and there's the the contest specifications will give you ideas of you know what the rules are, uh, how we do it. But if you want to have more chances, you know, say hundred. If you want to put in hundred dollars, you get three chances. You know, hundred and fifty dollars. 
even you know six chances and the more you contribute to this the more chances you get uh, and the contest is going to be the raffle is going to be open for anybody um, okay. and you know the rules let us do it and it's a I think it's a very very interesting way of doing it um, in addition to this 1.5 million dollar prize we're going to have addition additional prizes of a hundred thousand dollars so it could be cash it could be other things you know we'll do iPods and you know we'll do stereos or you know large prizes like TVs um, but we'll try to do it in a way where we can give you accessible products right all right well that sounds like I I suspect we have everyone's attention at this point that, that really sounds um, like a lot of fun actually yeah, and and the contest is gonna it, it's gonna be open. The the raffle will be open for six months until June, uh, so that we can get maximum number of entries. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Is there anything that you would like to mention that we haven't talked about? And then perhaps you can just go ahead and uh, recap the contact information. Sure, I think you know I think we've covered a lot uh, at this point, and you're going to be hearing a lot more. Uh, we'll we'll have press releases and and information on our website. So. If people want to reach us, uh, they can always go to www.kate.co. Uh, so it's cait.co. Um, and if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that by sending a general email to info at kate.co. So please ask us questions and you know, let us know what we what we're doing right, let us know what we're doing wrong. Uh, I hope that if feedback is one way that we will operate. Uh, feedback is actually the primary way we'll operate as a nonprofit. That is absolutely fascinating, and I look forward to learning more about Kate, as I'm sure our listeners will. So, Pratik, I'd like to thank you for joining me this week on Main Menu. Thank you very much, Jamie. Hearing from you, the listener, is very important to us here at Main Menu. You can send us feedback by emailing mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. Would you like to know what's happening on Main Menu and possibly interact with other listeners as well? To join the Main Menu Friends mailing list, send a blank message to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. To join an announce-only list where you can learn about all of the programming on ACB Radio, send a blank message to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with other ACB Radio listeners, send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can follow Main Menu on Twitter by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. That's www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. Finally, you can call the Main Menu comment line at 206-339-0954. That's 206-339-0954. Well, hi there, everybody. Once again, Matt Volbrecht coming at you with another podcast. And before we do it, I want to give you my contact information, as always. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to send an email to m dot j volbrecht at comcast dot net volbrecht is spelled v as in victor l oh, excuse me i can't even spell my own name oh geez v o l l b as in barbara r e c h t as in thomas v o l l b r e c h t so m as in matthew dot j volbrecht at comcast dot net or you could send email to volbrecht underscore family at me.com. Hopefully, the rest of the podcast will go very smoothly, even though I could not spell my own name for a moment. Got a little tongue-tied there. In this podcast, thank you for listening. Um, I'd like to demonstrate and 
discuss just a little bit. I'd like to first talk about some recent updates, as I often do at the beginning of podcasts, some recent updates that Apple has released and some nice things that they've done, and then I want to get into a demonstration of something that you may already know about, but if you don't, it might excite you. It certainly did me when I heard about it. It is an Apple product, and I'm going to discuss it in just a moment. But first, let's talk about some of the other updates and things that Apple has done recently. I mentioned this in another podcast at one point in time. Not sure where or if it's made it up anywhere uh, yet to some of the sites you're familiar with, but I did mention iLife 11 for the Mac. Uh, iLife 11 includes the same applications that it always has, but it's received updates to three of them, iPhoto, iMovie and GarageBand. I strongly encourage those of you who use a Mac to upgrade to iLife 11. There have been some tremendous accessibility enhancements uh, to those apps with VoiceOver and um, even things like iPhoto, though you obviously won't see the, the photos themselves, uh, even things like using iPhoto become very, very uh, easy and very uh, nice and user-friendly for those of us who are blind or those who have low vision and who use voiceover uh, with Snow Leopard. So I would strongly recommend it. GarageBand is phenomenal with voiceover in iLife 11. iMovie seems to be pretty phenomenal, too. I haven't played with it a whole bunch, but it seems real nice. Um, iWeb and iDVD did not really receive any updates. In fact, I think they were the same version number at this point in time. Um... And I think there was a fair amount of accessibility already in i uh, DVD. iWeb may have some accessibility issues, uh, but nevertheless, you know it's it's a it's a lot of progress. It's a really good thing, so I strongly recommend that. Another one high on the list of recommended updates for you if you have an iPhone, an iPod Touch, or an iPad, or any combination of the above. Um, iOS four point two. Get it, folks. It's free, it's great, and it's very good, uh, very accessible, very user-friendly, nice additional features. Um, the ability to print to any one of a number of compatible printers. Um, right now, HP pretty much uh, rules the roost when it comes to what is supported by iOS 4.2 AirPrint. Uh, I have one of the new HP um, web-enabled all-in-ones. It's the uh, E all-in-one uh, D110. Um, there might be an A after that or an E after that, something like that, but it's the D110. You'll find it that way. Pretty inexpensive all-in-one print scan copy. Nice printer. Um, fast, very easy to use. Ink is reasonably priced, uh, and it does allow you to print directly from the iPad, the iPhone, and the iPod Touch without the installation of any special software or drivers. In addition to that, because it has the ePrint feature, um, you can print from your iPhone when you're not home uh, or any device or computer or smartphone or whatever that can send email. Uh, it can print documents and pictures um, right from wherever you are and send them to your home printer uh, that's on a Wi-Fi network. Um, if you don't have or don't want to get one of those HP printers. Uh, there is another option. The uh, A couple of third-party companies have made some software. One is called Printopia, just like it sounds, P-R-I-N-T-O-P-I-A, and another one is called Fingerprint, with a hyphen in it, uh, and they actually install on the Mac and enable the existing printer that you have, as long as it's a Wi-Fi uh, you know, printer to to work with the iPad, and and that doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem. Apple hasn't said anything about that, so I'm assuming um, that it's it's although it wouldn't be directly supported by Apple because it's not an Apple product. I'm assuming that it's uh, you know something that is perfectly workable, um, and and that is another option at this point in time. And I'm assuming more printer manufacturers will join the list of supported printers uh, directly so you don't have to uh, worry about that. Another great feature in iOS 4.2 is AirPlay. Um, I'm going to come back to AirPlay in a few minutes, but uh, suffice it to say right now, for starters, that AirPlay allows you to wirelessly play music on a number of devices uh, throughout your home. 
the probably easiest one right now is the Airport Express available from Apple. You can connect that Airport Express to any speaker system or dock, um, and it works great. Um, through iTunes on a Mac or a PC, it allows you to actually play in multiple rooms at the same time if you've got Airport Expresses throughout the house. Um, you set up the Airport Express from your Mac, and uh, you're good to go. Then you can stream music to the living room and the bedroom, or the kitchen, or all the rooms, that whatever. The uh, iOS devices do one at a time. You can't actually um, choose multiple ones at the same time, but it doesn't really matter because they'd all be available. You can switch easily, uh, allow the music to follow you, and uh, it's a real nice option. Um, doesn't require you to have to physically connect your iOS device to a dock or speaker system uh, if you if you have these. And, of course, it requires a Wi-Fi network. Um, and there are some other nice features in 4.2, especially for the iPad, because this is the first time now the iPad is brought up to speed joins the, the rest of the uh, fleet, if you will, uh, in um, where it is as far as features, uh, multitasking, um, the unified inbox, message threading, um, what else do we have, folders on the home screen, uh, you know, um, the ability to actually control your iOS device uh, with voiceover by way of a keyboard dock or wireless Bluetooth keyboard. Um, what else? There's just a ton of great features um, in 4.2, so I strongly recommend that. Very, very good. And um, by the way, there's some new text tones for the iPhone if you uh, are into trying different sounds and stuff. Uh, for your text message alerts, you can you can do that. Uh, so that's a really good update all the way around. And um, another thing that um, the AirPlay feature allows you to do is not only to stream music, but I wanted to wait and come back to this now because it also allows you to wirelessly stream video and photos from the Photos app, the YouTube app, the Videos app, and uh, even Safari, I believe, um, I think Safari, uh, maybe a few others, uh, wherever the uh, developer has incorporated support for it, some um, very nice apps from your iOS device to a television through the second generation Apple TV. And I want to talk a little bit about the second-generation Apple TV for just a moment. Some of you may be familiar with the first-generation one. When I very first did a podcast on here, the very first demonstration I ever did, it was an iPhone 3GS. I had mentioned that the Apple TV was not accessible, but it was still a nice device. Well, soon after that, Apple took steps to make it somewhat accessible um, if, as long as you had an iOS device. Uh, you could get the free remote app, and you could um, play movies, TV shows, music, whatever, on your Apple TV by way of that device. And since the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad are accessible, hence the, uh, you know, you'd be able to do it. And and I do that to this day. It works very nicely. I have a first-generation Apple TV that we use in our bedroom. It's got 160 gigabytes of internal storage, and it works great. But... Second-generation Apple TV, something even more amazing has happened, and that is that Apple has added voiceover to the Apple TV. This will not come to the first-generation Apple TV because the first-generation Apple TV does not run the iOS. It runs a different type of operating system. Uh, it uses a, a kind of a lower-level Intel processor, uh, and it's, it's just very different. Second-generation Apple TV, though the interface looks similar to that of the first generation, it is actually running a uh, version of the iOS with one of Apple's A4 chips, and they're considering it version 4.1 right now, um, and it is entirely a streaming device. 
It is about a fourth the size of the first generation Apple TV. Very, very small. Fits in the palm of your hand. Um, one type of connection to the television, so they've made things very, very simple. Two cables are really all you need. Uh, power and HDMI. you got to have an HD television, LCD, LED, plasma, whatever. Uh, but Steve Jobs put it very nicely, and I quote, the HD revolution is over, HD won. Uh, that's pretty much how he said it. I don't know if that was an exact quote, but I think it was. And anyhow, he, you know, he's right. Most people have uh, or will be getting HD te televisions at some point. And um, there is another uh, jack on the back, uh, actually a couple. There's a USB, which is strictly for Apple for diagnostic purposes and stuff um, in the unlikely event that that would ever be needed. There's an Ethernet port for those who really do want to hardwire to a network. And there's an optical audio port. But most people will connect the Apple TV, as I have, power cable, HDMI, and then that's it. Connect over Wi-Fi. 802.11n, wireless in this thing, and no internal storage. Well, I guess there's like, there were discovered to be 8 gigabytes of internal storage, but that's really just a hold what you're watching at the time. And um, what happens is this thing uh, streams from any one of a number of sources. You can rent TV shows for as low as 99 cents uh, in HD. You can rent movies, first-run movies even, um, and you can rent all kinds of content directly from the iTunes store, and it's available instantly to watch. You can watch it uh, within 30 days, and then once you start it, you've got to I think 48 hours to actually watch or rewatch it. Of course, you can pause and go make the snack, answer the phone, whatever, uh, rewind, fast forward, uh, and it's a great, great interface. It comes with a nice aluminum Apple remote. And you might say, what about all the content I already own? I've bought movies and TV shows from iTunes. I have um, DVD content that I've converted, home movies and such. Uh, you know, what about that? And that's no problem because all of that stuff, movies, TV shows, music, photos, and more can be streamed from your computer. And it's actually, even though it worked nicely in the first generation, it's much easier in the second. Um, it uses iTunes home sharing. So you simply enable home sharing on the device and on your computer, enter the Apple ID and password. Also, you can go to the advanced menu of iTunes and enable photo sharing, which is separate. If you want to do that, you click choose photos to share, and you can do that too. But uh, either way, you're set to go. No passcodes to enter, no nothing. It's very, very straightforward, very simple. Another thing that the second generation Apple TV allows you to do is to stream Netflix content. So if you're a Netflix subscriber, as low as $7.99 a month, and I've got to give a plug for Netflix, uh, I don't uh, work for them or have any kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, kickback, you know, when, when I do this. But I've got to say, um, Netflix is a really, really nice company. Uh, I, I really like Netflix a lot, uh, just as I really like Apple a lot. And I really like what Netflix is doing. I like, to, they're, they're easy to work with. They are very customer-oriented. And just a super company uh, from any, from every experience that I've had. I've been a member since June. I've uh, gotten movies on DVD and now done some streaming as well. You, There is a Netflix app for the iPad. It is accessible. There's a version for the iPod Touch and the iPhone. There is streaming to your computer, Mac or PC, and now to the new Apple TV. You enter your um, user ID... Uh, email ID and, and password, and you're good to go. You don't, you're not just limited to movies that are already in your instant queue either. You can actually search movies, do the recommendations, add them to your queue, and everything right from the Apple TV, and all with voiceover. Uh, so it's a great implementation of Netflix that Apple um, included in that uh, uh, Apple TV iOS uh, software. And then you can also access your mobile me gallery. So if you have a mobile me membership and you put photos and videos in that, you can access them. You can access Flickr and uh, you can access podcasts and internet radio and YouTube. YouTube is always good old YouTube, still available, always will be, I'm sure. 
um, and uh, it, it's better than ever on the second generation Apple TV. Uh, AirPlay, as I was starting to talk about, does stream as well to your Apple TV. And uh, there's a list of, uh, you don't name the device from your computer uh, like you used to, uh, like you still do with you know other iOS devices, uh, because there's no syncing with the new Apple TV. So instead, there's a uh, menu in settings that you can choose to pick the name for your device. And they've got a bunch of, um, you know, predefined choices. You can have Apple TV, you can have living room Apple TV, bedroom, kitchen, great room, uh, I think basement, I forget, and then there's also a custom one, so you could enter whatever you want. So you can identify your Apple TV from others on your network, in your home, whatever, and uh, since we've got two, that was a good thing for us. And um, so I can, on my iPad, then, for example, be watching a movie, and I can hit the AirPlay button, and I can choose to stream to my uh, Apple TV. Also, you can be, let's say you take a photo on your iPhone, and then you can stream that. You can display photos in a beautiful slideshow on your Apple TV. And uh, the one limitation right now, which I'm sure will be taken care of later, but the one limitation, if you take video on your iPhone, uh, I'm assuming iPod Touch as well, uh, you must upload the video to YouTube or Mobile Me and then watch it that way on your Apple TV. You cannot AirPlay videos that you've taken in the camera to your Apple TV right now. I'm sure that will change, uh, but I am fairly certain that Safari web video is supported, and I know that YouTube video videos in the you know video app and photos are in the Photos app are supported, and music in the iPod as well as Pandora Radio, the app just called Radio, and I'm sure that many more will add that support, um, hoping that Sirius XM will uh, get on board with it pretty quick. Uh, it, they did eventually with multitasking background audio, so I'm I'm sure we can expect down the road to see an update from them that uh, enables AirPlay as well, if that's something that you know they choose to do. I I th I sort of think um, that Hulu, because I know people ask about that one. I sort of think that is not supporting AirPlay uh, right now to the Apple TV. Uh, but there is a Hulu app for the iPad, just as a side note. But I'm fairly certain you cannot AirPlay your Hulu videos right now to uh, to the Apple TV. And I don't know whether they'll ever change that or not. Uh, I'd like to spend just a couple minutes demoing this new Apple TV because I think you're going to like it. And I want to um, let you experience what it sounds like. And then we will uh, conclude the podcast. Now, I've got my television on right now, but I do need to bring the computer over to it. Before I do that, however, I'm going to switch the input to my HDMI, and we will get started on this thing. Now, the aluminum Apple remote um, also works with your... Uh, Oh boy, I wonder if I can demonstrate that then, because uh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. We're gonna find. I, I don't remember. I might have paired with this computer. Hopefully, I did, uh, and that will be all right then. Otherwise, it may try to open front row on my laptop here. But um, that would be funny. Okay, the aluminum Apple remote is uh, very, very nice. And if you are familiar with the plastic Apple remote, it's very similar, except uh, it is bigger overall just longer um, makes it a little easier if you've got it in a you know basket or something you don't you lose it as easily um, it has the uh, f actually what would feel to you perhaps like a, an iPod nano uh, fourth or fifth generation click wheel but it's not it is a, just a directional button with a button in the middle so you've got left right up down and then the button in the middle which is kind of your okay, select, play, pause, all that. And then below it, there used to be one single button in the middle as sort of a menu and back button. Now there are two buttons, that menu and back one being on the left, and the one on the right, which I think is actually also used as a play and pause button in some instances. Now, the um, 
Apple TV interface works by simply using the up and down and right and left and the middle button basically and and uh, that occasionally that left you know lower left button to go back uh, the keyboard you can enter um, data you know alphanumeric data uh, lowercase and uppercase and symbols and everything uh, by way of using the uh, up and down arrows to sort of choose a um, row whether it be the capitals the lowercase um, the numbers, symbols, things like that, and then using left and right to go through them to pick the one you want. And then when you find the letter you want to enter, you press the center button to actually enter it. So I'm going to let you hear a little bit now of the Apple TV and what it's capable of doing, what it sounds like. So here we go, bringing the laptop over to the television area. Let's get started. I'm going to just press a down arrow, see where I'm at. Movies, top movies, button, one of four. Okay, let's go to the left. Top movies, button, one of four. Let's go to the right. In TV shows, top TV shows, button, one of four. In internet, Netflix, button, one of six. In computers, Matthew Balbrecht's library, button, one of two. In settings, general, button, one of six. General, general, and that's button, it. one of six. So... What you heard is movies, TV shows, internet, computers, and settings. And you can pick whichever one of these you want, and then you can uh, do something within them. So, for example, one of the implementations that people may want to do right away is to be able to watch movies that they already have on their computer. So we're going to go back. In computers. Matthew Balbrecht's library, button, one of two. Now I use the up and down arrow. Your Apple TV isn't connected to the network. To check your network settings, choose settings, general, okay, then select network. I don't know why that would have happened. In settings, general, button, uh, one of two. In computers, Matthew Balbrecht's library, button, one of two. Balbrecht family's library, button, two of two. It seems to be picking up my my computer. I don't know why that message came up. Let's just uh, press the center button on Volbrecht family's library. In Balbrecht Family's Library. Music. Button. One of. Movies. Button. TV shows. Button. Three of six. Seems to be working fine. Movies. Let's pick button, movies. Two of six. In movies. Falcon and the Chipmunks. Selected volume. 91 okay. minutes. Button. One right, of seven. Here's my movies. 76 movies. American President 4X3 Pounds. Angels in the Outfield. Emmy. Apollo 13. The Aristocats. Let's just pick a movie here. Minutes. Let's button, go. Uh, six of 76. We'll do. Emmy. Angels in the Outfield. American president we'll American president. Push the center Unplanned. button on it. 113 it minutes. Button. Two tells of us all the information that there is on it. Push the center. American president for X3 loading. And it's going to play fine. I don't know why it was that message about not being connected. Is it's playing just fine. And it's streaming from my uh, uh, computer uh, back in the office. My iMac. You come. There's the movie. I don't know. Just music right now. All right. Paused. Paused. Let's use the lower left button to go back. In movies. American President 4X3 Pound. In Valbrecht Family's Library. Movies. Button. Two of six. In main menu. Computers. Albrecht Family's Library. All right, all right. let's go to the left. In internet, Netflix, in TV shows, top TV shows. And button, here one we have top TV shows. Genres. Genres. Button, TV networks. Button. Search. Button. For, search. And button, search. Four okay. Four. I, uh, I don't know where my rented show would appear. I rented a show yesterday. I think it would probably appear. TV net. Genres. Top TV shows. In rented. Third. Oh. 25 hours left. I missed it. It's the first one uh, up above. Ferg, 25 hours Rented. Left. Okay. And it is an episode of Glee. I've already rented it. I can watch it. Play. Button.
it's Glee. More from Fox following this episode. There it is. So here's what you missed on Glee. Kurt's still getting harassed and doesn't know what to do about okay. it. I'm gonna kill And of course, the uh, the fast forward and all those things work as well. And, and you can uh, show the navigation controls with the up and down arrow. Now, I'm going to... Um, Summary displayed. Okay. In viewers also watched. I'll go back. Desperate Housewives in Glee. Season 2 in main menu. TV shows. All right, we're back rented. to the main menu. Kurt, Let's go over hours left. to... In top TV shows. Um, Glee. Grey's Anatomy. Glee. I need to go up one. Glee. Down one. Top TV shows. Yeah. Button. One of four. In internet. Netflix. All right. Button. Net one of six. We've got Netflix. I'm going to go down to YouTube. YouTube button two of six in YouTube featured button. Let's go to most viewed button. Most viewed loading. Let's see what's most viewed these days here. In all time, Charlie bit my finger again. HDCYT zero evolution of dance. Ha ha ha. An experiment. Jeff Dunham. Ach Miley Cyrus oh. decline official music video HQ Here's Hollywood records. That one's probably good. 119,446,218 view. Loading. And there it is. We've got Miley's music playing. I can almost see it. That dream I'm dreaming by. Now, I will say that if you uh, if you want to search, you can do that. There's always a search option. Uh, YouTube has one, just as uh, the other things do. I did not demonstrate to you right now how to do the um, the keyboard, but I can say that it is doable. And really, uh, it, and it's pretty easy. It, it really is. It, it you know when you first see it it may take you a little getting used to uh, but it, it is very easy to enter data as i said you arrow to what you want press the center button to actually input it and then um a couple up arrows to the done button when you're done entering in that field and that's all you need to do it's it's not and there's even a delete you know if you search the keyboard enough for it uh, and a clear to clear the whole field it's not um you know like what you would expect to see in a traditional, um, you know, where you see the one field and you can go back and forth to, the, you know, you, you enter in one field, you're done, you enter in the next field. Um, and, and that's all you got to do. Uh, very, very straightforward. Uh, so as you can see, this is a full-fledged, I saw one website that listed um, this feature as being the reading of metadata and other information. Um, that's true, but it's not complete. I'm sure that was posted with very, very good intentions, and I mean no harm or offense to the person who posted that because uh, it was good that you know reference was made to voiceover, but it, it almost leads you to think that it's like what you might have seen on the older, um, yeah, older, like you know, last year, uh, fourth and fifth generation iPod Nano where it just reads the metadata um, and the basic menus, but th that's not the case here. This is the full-fledged voiceover screen reader, just like you see on any other iOS device, and it is the iOS device, really, um, the, um, iOS, rather, that, that's running on this device. So um, it is voiceover. You will probably need some sighted assistance turning it on the first time, and uh, then it uh, then it stays with you, and, and um, does not affect, because these are not gesture-based, you know, it's all push-button, so it doesn't affect... Uh, the way anything is entered, so sighted users can continue using it. Um, if they don't want to hear voiceover, they can mute the television, I guess, um, and and then they don't have to even bother turning it off. Um, very, but it is easy to access. It's under settings, uh, accessibility, and uh, you're good to go. Very, very nice. Uh, it reads all the information, as, as you can see, and um, even tells you when the screensaver is running. Uh, the screensaver runs, and then eventually it goes into sleep mode. So you heard it took a few seconds to first start um, up and running again when I, you know, first began. But that's to be expected, and then you're you're good to go. Um, you can rent anything, and as I said, uh, it does not store your content. If you want to buy something, 
and then watch it on the Apple TV, you're better off buying it on another device first and then streaming from that device. Um, you know, and that would be um, the easiest way to do that if you really want to buy, um, you know, a, a, an item uh, because you really want the actual content. And I understand that. I, you know, I do that sometimes too. But a lot of stuff you may you just want to rent it, and you could rent it several times um, for the cost of uh, actually buying it. You know, so um, pretty nice, uh, very very good device. I really like it, and of course, I applaud Apple for the uh, implementation of voiceover as well. All right, that'll do it for this podcast. Ask me your questions. Uh, this is a good, good little holiday present. Buy this and an HDMI cable if you need it. The Apple TV uh, is available at Apple for $99. Bucks. Not, a bad, uh, not a bad price. And if you're somebody who doesn't have an HDMI port, but you got a widescreen TV, or you really want, for some reason, that onboard storage, um, first-generation Apple TV is still available indefinitely. Not a long amount of time, I would imagine, because once they sell out, I would think that's probably it. But it is still available at the Apple Store and Mac Mall, and uh, they've lowered that price to $149, so you can get either generation. First generation is not going to have built-in screen access, but if you've got an iOS device, then you're still good to go. And the um, accessibility on that one, as I said, is going to be limited to what the remote app can do. Uh, you're not going to be able to shop the iTunes Store on your Apple TV uh, with the first generation and the remote app. But you could buy on another device and stream, which is essentially what you're doing on the second generation all the time. So, uh, unless you just rent right on the device. But if you've got a library, um, especially, you know, running. I don't know if you heard that, it said screensaver running. Uh, you know, you, you could do it that way too. I think that's everything I've got for you for this time. So, till next time, Matt Volbrecht, and have a good one. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.